welcome to the Charlatans Podcast. In this episode, we venture into a weighty conversation, how to be a conscious earth citizen. We speak on our own individual levels of accountability as adults, as well as our frustrations that the pressure for change seems to lie only with the consumer, or does it? Welcome back to the Charlatans Podcast. We are starting off our new year once again, nice and fresh. Is it even the new year anymore? Who knows when this is even coming out? But. Might be episode number two. Might be episode number 40. Who knows? Wherever you are, you can start fresh just listening to this. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about environmentalism. Both our own impacts, our um, dreams of the future, and for just kind of holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. And how we feel like we can't do enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That yeah. no matter what we do, we'll make a difference. It's something. But the conversation has to be had, right? Like, I feel like as a millennial, particularly like growing up, I don't know, in public school, it was always just this like trite thing that we spoke about. Global warming, Earth Day, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't really something that I felt like anyone took seriously. Um, but then... I don't know. And we can talk about this later, but like certain things that happened during the COVID pandemic, it was like pollution rates around big cities like dropped and, um, you know, people weren't driving as much. No one was taking public transportation. And then you're kind of like, oh, shoot. Like if we make changes, like the earth responds. That's a good point, Elise. You know, um, so we kind of wanted to just like take a step back and be like, when did we first personally buy into this understanding of we have a responsibility because this is valuable. Yeah. Why don't you start, Alyssa? Okay. I think understanding my own responsibility probably came a lot later than Elise and Madeline. Um, my family, we grew up very much outside people. So we've always had a deep respect for nature. Um, my mom jokes, and it's really not a joke, that like in the morning after breakfast, it was go outside. I'll call you in for lunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then after lunch, go outside again. And yep. it was just out and my mother was a big in the gardener. Summer? Oh my God. Yeah. We just, we were outside and my father was big in vegetables and, you know, we did picnics and beach days and hiking and biking. Like we were very outdoorsy mm-hmm. um, and hung out with people outside. Um, and I agree in school it was, what was that TV show I sent you guys the meme the other day? Captain Planet? Captain Planet, right? I, feel like <laughs> I that was, was the ex- obsessed with Captain Planet. Me too, but it was like the extent of my environmental knowledge. Um, so I think my responsibility really clicked in once we started a family and once I started teaching because it was seeing the amount of things we were going through and how fast we use products and where does that go that it kind of hit me. Like if you're a teacher, at the end of the day, your floor is littered with paper. Mm-hmm. There are pencils and papers and rubber bands and paper clips and things fall out of students' lockers. And you just start to think, what are we doing with this? You just pick it up and throw it away, Mm -hmm. right? The Takis bag is sitting on the floor. And it's just like, this is such a waste. Mm -hmm. Think as a teacher, the copy paper you go through, the energy the copy machine uses, even though it breaks every half hour. It's so hot. And the ink and the paper and in middle school, it just all gets jammed in your locker. So it just feels like a waste. Yeah. 
Um, and then as like a family, I remember thinking breastfeeding my children. Where does the extra breast milk go? Into a plastic baggie mm-hmm. that's going to get used and thrown away. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, just having a family, you just see how fast you go through plastic baggies for lunches and different things like that. So my kind of like little, I don't want to call it like my niche for environmentalism is kind of like family consumership and how far is that going? And then like, while I was a kid, I learned to love nature in the outdoors. I want my kids to also love nature in the outdoors, but I want them to know how to take care of it for a future too. Cause I remember it was almost a joke as kids. Oh, the sun's going to burn out. And like, Greenhouse gases is just a science it was a term. joke. You, it was ozone a joke. layer. Like, yeah, I'll be dead by right. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like I don't we know. didn't understand. Oh, our kids will be alive though. Yeah, when you're a kid, you know, right. you don't mm-hmm. think of that. So, and I I found this quote. Um, it's from an article from the EPA in 2009, and it says the way we produce, consume, and dispose of our own products and our own food accounts for 42 percent of the U.S. greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. So to me, that just kind of hit me like food waste. Oh yeah. my god. But I'm not going to like go off on like every little thing I try to do. Just the tiniest little things. Um, scrap paper, big in schools, going back to using like your reusable like bags instead of using like the plastic Ziploc ones all the times. Ladies, tampons and pads. Yes, this they're is a big one. filled with plastic. And there are the so many. The applicator alone for a yes. tampon. But if you're thinking like that product, where it goes and how it ends up, it's just like filling up yeah. the earth. So to me as a mom, I want to teach my kids, here's how we can still get our lives to function and still like use it to take care of something else. And we are responsible for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But you can still get a cute little lunch made by mom in the morning. Yeah. And first thing on my wedding registry was Pyrex glass containers. Oh, Pyrex, yes. And though they have plastic lids, they last forever. And once they rip, if they do rip, you can recycle them. Mm-hmm. Um but then I think of, you know, the colorants in the plastic and all that. And it feels like the same plastic that's made out of, like, bottle caps. And I wonder how recyclable it is. But at least I'm not using the plastic bottom or, mm-hmm. like, the plastic baggies. And I've tried, like, all these different, um, you know, paper baggies with, like, the adhesives and, like, the stretchy sort of silicone-based wraps or the bamboo wraps, you know. And, like, none of them work quite as well and I wonder what well means is it just not as convenient I have to put more effort in then mm-hmm. I can deal I can deal yeah that's fine kids need snacks also Madeline needs snacks so <laughs> I'll go get you some veggie straws Thank right you so now much. Oh, yum. oh yeah Elise is more about that right now I love the veggie straws they're amazing they're so good yeah I I had a similar kind of upbringing where I was surrounded by family who really really valued the outdoors like my grandma uh, my grandma used to literally go down to the beach with a tape recorder and just like walk down the path and describe everything she was seeing and she'd like stop if she heard like a frog and she'd record it and I just like those those pleasant first memories of experiencing nature with someone else was really uh, just dove itself deep into my into my psyche, I guess. And then my dad, you know, similar to your dad, Alyssa, he always had a garden. He was always outside. My dad it was my dad was very active with um, making sure that like we had like vegetables growing in the summer. And um, because we had the resources in the sun during you know that time of year to do so, and that's something he really passed along to me. But I like how you phrased it as family consumership. Love that. 
Um, and that's so true because all of these little, all of these little building blocks of our life end up having this, this waste attached to it sometimes. And I, as I was like researching this article, I was, I was realizing all of these like little ways that I could still keep that function of my day to day, but like maybe support a company that has a, you know, relationship with TerraCycle, Mm -hmm. buy Garnier products because I can actually recycle them to TerraCycle. And I know that the whole bottle is being recycled, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and like focus on which companies are like really consciously making efforts to like reuse all of their products. So all that being said, it's similarly like once I kind of moved out on my own and I realized how much I left the lights on, it was like, oh, yeah, that's why my mom got on my ass because it, it literally costs money to be flippant about the environment. You're using more energy that you don't need. You're not in this room. That was it, the lights, lights and fans. I leave them on <laughs> a lot because the fan is like, oh, it's this, this soothing noise. But it's like, no, first of all, it's not good for the air quality of my home to just have this like, like circulating all day. Um, so, yeah, kind of when I moved out of the house, I just I didn't immediately tie it to conserve conservation but definitely once I had a child and you realize these things that you want to like pass on to your kid of like, I want them to be a responsible human being. What does that look like? You mm-hmm. really have to start thinking about the things you're mirroring in your life. Like, again, how many lights am I leaving on? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you like to use to kind of cut down your waste? Is more like the plastic baggy thing you think of first? Is it? Um, I, I hate to admit this, but... We, because I live in an old home, we buy water bottles. We buy plastic mm, water bottles. Yeah. So I actually wrote down in my notes as we were prepping for this episode that my goal for this year is to look into a legitimate filtration system. Sure. Because Brita's not going to work for me. Like where the the little pitcher you go buy. And when you have older pipes, yes. man, so, it, it, it's something else. And it's also might still have too many contaminants right. left. So, but my goal for like 2021 and, and onward is like, really getting serious about like what's coming through the water in my pipes. We've had my father-in-law test our water and there was no like chemicals or anything, but I don't know that he did a lead test. Uh, So that's something that I need to look into. So as of right now, we do not drink our tap water. Yeah. Um, so yeah, plastic water bottles is 100% like the biggest thing that I could like look at my life and be like, we really got to figure out how to cut that out. Yeah. I feel that for me, um, growing up was, I was always very environmentally aware, similar to Alyssa, where we're outside and wasn't just, um, you know, we need to take care of things. It was, how can you advocate for the outside? How can you advocate for your parks? How can you advocate for this or that? Because, um, like my family used to go on, you know, trips up to particularly Baraboo, Wisconsin, which is kind of like our childhood getaway sort of thing. Um, but we'd rock climb and visit that park and, and I would notice when I didn't feel comfortable going in the lake and why. And a lot of it was due, not just because of natural sort of spikes in, um, possible bacteria or whatever, but also the, um, pollution that would go into it. They would have to clear it out. And, um, I would notice like, on trips, just how much garbage is on the side of the highway when you're just looking out the car window as a kid, mm-hmm. bored, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I used to count how many McDonald's cups I would see on the way to see my grandparents on the highway. And um, I, I have to say, I think I was a bit more environmentally aware 
partially because my mom was very, very green in the sense that she also gardened, like you guys were talking about. Um, she also gardened, but she also made it a point to constantly remind us what we're using or not eating all the way or using all the way or how we can repurpose things. She was very much a repurposer and then even more so um, as I got older. So um, she always used the term waste, not want not to where like, if you don't waste, you're not going to be in want. Um, and I always internalized that. And I think I probably over internalized in sense of creating a sense of guilt for myself when I don't use something all the way mm -hmm. or, you know, like I'm not going to be a perfect human and, and using everything, but environmentalism kind of goes hand in hand with being grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, that's and, a great point. Yeah. And if I'm not using everything I have or not doing everything I should from start to finish when consuming a product, am I really being grateful or am I being greedy? Mm -hmm. You know, when we put things in the trash and we take it out, it's just gone. Literally, when's the last time you thought about, like, the trash you put in the trash can and then put out to the curb? Do you think about how that's now decaying in a dump, like, 20 miles away from you? Mm -hmm. Your trash is there. It's still it, it alive. It is because I literally <laughs> had to drive past a landfill on mm -hmm. my way home from Yeah, but you think about, like, mm -hmm. all of your, you know, food yeah. waste, which is, you know, normal scraps and stuff. Um, but then, like the plastic bags that you don't feel like carrying into the grocery store and recycling there because you forgot them so many times and you're just sick of seeing them under your sink. Yeah. You know, like I've done, I've been guilty of that. Mm -hmm. I think my guilt is a little bit different. It's that for me and my personality, when I want to do something, I want to do it full throttle. Yeah. And with environmentalism, it feels like a very overwhelming topic. It is. It does. So with family consumership, I know with like with me, that's meant something like, Here's one thing where I see like we're overusing this. Where else can we do? And I also, um, there are so many different things. I love the idea of repurposing. Because mm -hmm. um, even like the plastic bags, I know something my aunt does is she collects the plastic bags. And she's part of like a group that uses the plastic bags to make blankets for people who are homeless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The mats. And so, yeah. So like they're, they're repurposing. Is, is such a cool thing to get involved yourself or as like a family or whatnot with the internet, you can look up ways to repurpose anything. Um, for mm -hmm. those of you who are parents listening, share your kids clothes with your friends. Mm -hmm. Yes. Pass around the clothes. Honestly, share your own clothes with your friends. Mm -hmm. If you want some, a new jacket, we'll do like a, a clothes swap with somebody. Cause I guarantee mm -hmm. like, I, I get that. We yeah. all want to like have something new and fresh right. to put on, mm -hmm. but there's just other ways if we think creatively, mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be the, what are we joking? That like, it's like a $25 shirt from Target that just Yeah. Yeah. You're going to wear like 10 times and then it's mm -hmm. over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I keep, there was this moment when I bought my new house and I was so excited to have a garden and it was very overgrown. Like it was, it was Jumanji, right? It was, it, it was insane. Yes, I can second that. Like. Oh, I'm having visions of it right now. But I remember when I cleared everything out and I could finally start tilling the dirt. And I remember just like every time, because I'm on a major road and I'm by a lake. So things blow around, it happens. And I knew I was going to find more garbage just because of my locale, that's fine. But I remember getting to a point where I just like knelt and I had my hands in the dirt, which I'd been waiting to do for literal years. And just seeing all the microplastic that had started to wear away. So just like, you know how when you tear the corner off a candy bar to open it, 
I can't tell you how many corners of candy bar wrappers I had in my in my ground. That's crazy. Yeah. And you don't think about it. Right. The corner or um, milk jug rings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, bits and like that paper thinness that becomes of a plastic bag. Mm-hmm. And when I try to dig it out of my garden, it rips into more pieces. And mm-hmm. it's literally, it's, it's, it's useless. Or you just see that slight mal- reflective something out of your eye. And it's like something smaller than the size of a dime. And mm-hmm. I have to, I'm hand picking plastics out of my garden in every square inch. And I just remember at one point I started crying because I'm like, I'm literally just gardening in plastic. And this home has been here for a long time. I have an old house and I finally have this garden. And it's not just because it was overgrown. It's not just because of this. It's just of where it is and people just throwing stuff out or just flying off a garbage truck. But people particularly just throwing things in my front yard as they walk by. I remember being so heartbroken where like, I know what I can do and what I do, but I can't stop this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what, that was a feeling of helplessness. I was just, yeah. I encounter that a lot. Like we live on a pedestrian heavy street and every, no, no exaggeration every day. There's someone just like tossing their chip bag yeah. and it, you know, blows into my front yard. And I think like every other day, my husband's out there like with a bag grabbing trash out of our bushes and like. Like that, right on our our street into our proximity to a Great Lake mm-hmm. that just blows so straight exactly. into the Great Lakes. Right, our the largest source of fresh water, mm-hmm. I believe, in the world, or number two in the world, something like that. The Great Lakes, yeah. yeah. And it is just if it's not in our yards with our proximity, it's going into the lake. If mm-hmm. it's not in our water when we drink it, it's probably being filtered from the lake because it was in the lake. You know, like what are things growing on and deteriorate there? It's all microplastics. Mm-hmm. The sand well, is microplastic. And it has to be, I mean, that just here is the perfect example of why it's so important to start teaching the future and taking that responsibility. Because when we're driving around and my seven year old asks, why is there so much trash outside? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're teaching him don't throw it outside. Don't do this. But clearly you have so many people who feel like that's okay. And that's such a lack of education mm-hmm. and such a lack of, Dare I say even responsibility awareness. to the earth? Yeah. It's awareness. And awareness yeah, yeah, yeah. of what goes on be- behind the short term is the long term. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, though, it's a lack of care for the environment. Yeah. We live, we live in the Midwest, problem. which is not everyone's desirable location. But we do. Like, Madeline lives within blocks of a great lake. What, like, what a cool, natural piece for us to be so close to. And you to. forget. Mm-hmm. You do. You take it for you take it for granted. And I think that's more what it is. Like you were talking about the gratefulness mm-hmm. it goes hand in hand. And it's just so many things in our culture we just take for granted. And what happens when you take things for granted? They're not gonna last. You literally stop seeing them. You stop yes. seeing them. And I think that mentality just goes when when people who don't already have that foundation, it's like, I'm just walking back to my house. I don't need this. You don't understand how the trash gets from like your possession to the end product. And that's where I think, yeah, just that deterioration comes in. Like, yeah, I've gotten yeah. to the point where I, can, I can't go to a park or go to the beach any time of year without a bag to take mm-hmm. trash home in. Cause I just think about, I'm seeing this and I can't pick it up right now. Cause I don't have a thing to carry right. with. And particularly in this time of pandemic, which we're recording, I am thinking I need to get a PPE, which is a disposable glove 
in order to pick up more plastic. But you know what? Right now, I was gonna say those disposable that's a worthy, gloves then too. The, then you have the worthy sort of disposable for the time that we can be sustainable with everything else. It's for the times we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's with disposable masks and gloves and PPE. We need to be able to dispose of that in order to continue our health. So we need to recycle all of our Coke bottles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's the takeaway for me, especially right now. And now we're seeing PPE being littered. It's mm-hmm. all over my front yard all the time. And then I have to go out with more PPE to then recycle it. J- JK, it's going in the trash. It's just in the trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I get this feeling of overwhelming helplessness and I don't want to like say that that's how I feel because a lot of times I feel empowered because I think of new ways to um, become more sustainable. Like I, I use bamboo handled toothbrushes. They still have nylon bristles, but I'm not using a solid plastic with silicone gripping that looks like a race car, but it's for brushing your teeth. You know, like I'm using yeah. bamboo toothbrushes, nylon bristles that, you know, it is a thing, but usually that nylon or whatever plastic it's made of is recycled. Then I'm doing a little bit better. Just, mm-hmm. I use a shampoo bar in a metal tin. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, not always do I have a spray treatment for my hair. That's in a plastic bottle at the pump and it right. does this. And th- yes. But I'm, I'm making these small choices by myself that I, I get then feel that much better. If I know I'm seeing it all the way to the end, know how to recycle each part of the component. I feel well, even just sharing that with your commu- community, you're said, you just said a bar of soap and I'm sitting here like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's mm-hmm. duh. That makes sense. So I think it's just like, we just don't think about it because we right. haven't trained our brains to think about it because we're going back. April 21st, Earth Day is the only day of education we get for the environment. Maybe and it's usually Arbor Day. a fun craft. <laughs> Arbor yes. Day. Arbor Day. Remember to recycle. That's yeah. it. Oh, Tannenbaum. <laughs> or the one, or, or the one hour that they talk about turning off your lights. And how the impact is, you know, yeah. and what you do need to do what you do need people. to do um, yeah. and unplug your phone chargers when you're not having them use. But, you know, it's it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of brings me, if you guys are OK with segueing to that, just the, how much responsibility we take onto ourselves. And for me, I again, I have this problem with having a major guilt complex, but um, or responsibility complex to where I'm over responsible about it. I feel the burden of other people's lack of care on myself. Yeah. And then when I don't do something about it, I feel like I didn't do my best. And that's just a lot of pressure to take on that I should not have to take on. And I'm thinking about all the things we have to do in research, which is fine with alternative methods. But when does that stop being on the consumer? And when does that start being on the manufacturer? Mm-hmm. that are creating these goods knowing that their hands are off and it's all on the consumer then and they start their consumer education programs mm-hmm. when really they're the ones creating the problem we're I, the symptom i bought a hat for christmas like i bought a beanie and i ordered it online it came to my house and this hat which had no reason to be was in this like plastic what kind of what kind of plastic is that where it's like kind of like a cellophane Right? No, it was like, it was almost like a cheap makeup bag that you would get at like the dollar store. <laughs> really? You can just by feeling it know this is going to take thousands of years. This is made of oil. To disintegrate. And massive, massive text. Remember I sent you this photo? Yes, I was very upset. If you, if you buy this hat, do not put this in the garbage can, blah, blah, like literally yelling at me. All caps. All caps. And I'm like, that is the most bizarre experience that I've ever encountered. We made this, now it's your fault. 
then why are you sending it to me in this bag? Why are you wasting your own company dollars to send it when you could have put it in tissue paper? And they paid or for brown? printing on it. Yes. So now there's ink on here. It's like very non-biodegradable plastic. There's no little recycling symbol anywhere on this bag. Yeah, you don't even know the number. And I kid you not, you guys, that bag is still in my house because I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, I can't throw it away. Yeah. So I'm going to put like makeup and stuff in it and like my daughter's art supplies, mm-hmm. you know, because. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It has a different label on it, but like you just have to. At one point, it was like, well, thank you for reminding me, but also, then don't use this. Yeah. Don't send me your product in this. Yeah. And again, I recently ordered bras off of the internet wrapped in plastic. This is not necessary. And sometimes they have like the cardboard uh, cup yes. shapers in them. Yes. And just, you know, there's a bra. Or my favorite thing is when you order uh, online, but they come from different, like it's from the same store, but they come from different locations Target. for the warehouse warehouses. Yep. And then you'll have the packaging and it's recycled packaging and they say it, it's, and that's good, but it just, there's no consolidation right. of where the units come from. Right. And right now, since we're all ordering online, how many beanies with plastic wrapping Absolutely. is everybody receiving right now? But see, here's the thing too, is, is we're not thinking smart long-term right. these businesses. Mm-hmm. Aldi does it, but it saves their business so literally much money. it could save everybody so much money because people just need that quick gain in order to gain notoriety right. and investments you either use you know they're not they're not having to buy the product from somewhere they're not having to ship that the bags anywhere they're not having i, I don't know it's just like it just seems like common business sense so the more i research environmentalism the more it's just like mm-hmm. this should be make turn your lights off yep it should be making people money. It should be making governments money and businesses mm-hmm. money. There should be more incentives rather than punishments for that. And if you just took your own responsibility instead of putting it on the consumer now, mm-hmm. yeah, people would flock to you too. You know? Nowadays, with the new with the upcoming gener- generations, we're looking for that. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it's okay again for me to do another segue into you know the first thing I think of is businesses taking that as not only a PR move, but a PR stunt mm-hmm. where yes, it saves our businesses money, but then they also think, okay, it's going to save us money, but how do we sell more? Mm-hmm. You know, like in the first thing I always think of is cosmetics and all the different badges we look for. Yeah. Leaping bunny, yeah. clean, Sephora, clean, Organic. um, PETA, yeah. cruelty free, uh, this or that, or 10 free, three free, like all these different badges. Or, um, I think of coffee where it's, um, fair trade certified but you caught it costs so much money to become fair trade certified where it doesn't offset the cost of actually importing fair trade it's like then green becomes a business mm-hmm. where it's not actually accomplishing the goals it's just making business and that that doesn't feel the same to me and that's why the entire like premise of this conversation as like consumer education is so important because that that ends up falling right back on our shoulders. Yeah. So how do you sift through the information? How do you know what's going to affect your bottom dollar too? Yep. So you think about when, for example, when you want to shop small, but um, but there's certain products that are made by bigger companies. And um, sometimes the bigger companies will come up with two products. One's more environmentally friendly and one's less environmentally friendly, even though they're not much different. And they charge more for the environmentally friendly product. Mm-hmm. What are you going to buy? And really, is it that much of a difference where they had to up their cost that much? Right. They're making the same amount of profit, but pushing the cost onto the consumer, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you shop smaller, usually they have one 
product that is based in X, Y, and Z, and you can look into their sustainable efforts and all of that. And, and then you choose with your money what you want to buy and mm-hmm. what badges you think are real and what products and ingredients really are harmful to you or, you know, what additives to your food really means that is it really sustainable if it's a, a you know, a cardboard box and then a plastic sleeve and then a plastic carton inside the cardboard box, mm-hmm. you know, like, thank you for using organic food. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I going to do now? Ultimately, people's dollars do speak. Yeah. You know, I think of taking, I guess, the conversation back to fast fashion for a second. Like, yes, please. The, the outcry that's been like on Instagram specifically about companies like Shein, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, you know, that non-spawn first of all you know that they are not engaged in positive business practices with the people who are physically making those clothing if they're that cheap no yeah. way yeah i'm sorry you cannot get a, t- a shirt for two dollars and have or it wish. Be the same or wish let's talk about that company yeah but just millennials and younger generations like becoming aware of businesses like ethics business practices, things like that, you don't, you no longer feel comfortable giving your money to that company. Yep. And so eventually business will and does diverge to follow because what is a business to make money? They want to make money and there's not necessarily an inherent evil in that, but it's just, we speak with our dollars. So consumers like understanding, understanding what a good purchase is in terms of that long-term investment in the environment, in our carbon footprint and things like that is so important because people eventually, they take notice. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that a little bit more these days, but... I think with the a one positive of social media, at least, mm-hmm. would be that millennials, especially, we're using our voice to out, out these things too. Right. You know, I, I definitely see, like you just said, you can definitely see on Instagram or And now that we're Twitter. slowly becoming execs. Right. So when we start saying things and you start seeing things and one person starts doing the research, like someone has taken that load almost off my shoulders and now I can take in the information you're putting out in the world so we can get it out faster and call people out to put that pressure on businesses. We see you. We don't like this. You better change if you still want to make that money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like before that was just a much harder thing to do. There was a lot more trust in the system and I have to do it this way. And I definitely think that in our generation, there's a, no, I can question the system and I'm going to. 100%. Millennials no longer rely on the old adage of, well, it's just the way things are. Yeah. Because we got, we got fucked over by that's just the, how the way things are. Because that's not how the way things have been for us. We've never been able to accept that. We were the last generation where that was not a reality. I'm so sick of that damn phrase for absolutely everything. Me too. It is the way that it is. No, it's not. It's not. People will suffer and we are suffering and we're not going to cause generations behind us to suffer more we refuse and well, when you, can, you you can only fix so much that's the problem yes yes it's almost every you pass episode the baton. you pass the baton about that that We're is a like, fact this is a millennial problem to fix this is a millennial problem to fix and it's just like you can only spread yourself so thin mm-hmm. right spread your, do it for environmentalism people yeah sometimes it's just awareness and then you pass the baton to action for sure right mm-hmm. and just finding your own place and where you where you feel like you can fix it like i was just saying i feel guilty because i can't be as passionate or do as much or like spend all the time researching but people who post it in social media who are letting me know about these things help me make and your kids are watching but and again yeah you're you're talking about being conscious with your family resources like at the very least that's you being a very responsible consumer you know 
citizen, like parent, like I don't think you have any reason to feel guilty. Like that is that is where it starts. It starts in our homes, especially when, again, you have children you're trying to mirror these behaviors to. Mm -hmm. So then obviously we've talked about how important it is for the consumer to be aware and also some of these like larger businesses. But how do we hold our institutions responsible, our governments, our churches, our schools? Alyssa, you briefly kind of talked about uh, just the waste that crops up in schools, which I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about like all the little detritus that like gathers on the floor and stuff like that. No, I was yeah. just telling Madeline and none of the schools I've ever worked in, none yeah. of them have ever recycled. Yep. Um, yep. I think of the beauty industry of like having a professional makeup kit and like disposables because it's again, mm-hmm. sanitary reasons like um, disposable, mas- ma- disposable mascara wands where they mm-hmm. have a plastic handle, they have a nylon or some sort of plastic bristle and then a metal component to wire in that plastic bristle and then you have the disposable lip wands if you have a lip gloss if you want to use those what kind of hair is in your makeup brushes where do you buy them from like the disposable mini containers it's all plastic you know like Mm -hmm. everything's plastic but again that goes into you know who's the biggest what's the biggest cause of pollution global warming everything in the world it's companies because they're manufacturing and the output that they, the energy output, the water output or input, who knows, water usage, I guess, mm-hmm. water usage, all of that. And then that they don't have a post sales plan for the waste that they're generating other than just, well, it's recyclable material. I feel like that's an overriding theme with um, the three of us is that we talked on plastic usage, right? And cutting down that down in our home for our families and just day to day. And, you know, what responsibility are they taking to do a cycle back program? What are they doing to give incentives to start up recycling programs in small communities? You know, their profit mm-hmm. margins are huge. Mm-hmm. You know, are they investing in the, in the communities where they are selling the most, product? the most products? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It really gets you thinking of, okay, we're, well, we have responsibility as individual consumers. What are you doing as manufacturers and people putting that that responsibility upon us? I never feel like I'm not someone who particularly like writes to my politicians or like leaves messages and stuff like that because I never feel like I'll be taken seriously. Because you think of all the act like the crazy work they have to do, and then they get this like letter across their desk like let's recycle in our community. I'm always like, no one's gonna take that seriously. And again, if I may say, depending on the certain party of my local, yeah. you know, politician, I can expect that to be completely like brushed aside. So you know, beyond that, at a at a like national, international level, I, I yeah. Don't know. And you think about nationally why there is no responsibility put on the manufacturer. What money are they putting into lobbying? Right. Um, or And that's where it gets tense because it's like, I can't play that game because I'm not in that arena. No, we can't. You know. But, but what we can pl- play with is our dollar. Right. And hopefully electing people who have that as a priority or on their radar at the very least. And I saw so little of that in this past election. Yeah. Mostly because, no fault of the politicians, this was a very different election. But that, that's the problem yeah. is it becomes, oh, when this topic is hot, right? that's when we're going to talk about it and make a stance. The topic is always hot. Mm-hmm. The topic is like, it's a time bomb, literally. Yeah. So it, and it also, it starts local. And I mean, when you think about um, where we grew up in Zion, Illinois, mm-hmm. like nuclear there's, power n- there's a nuclear power plant mm-hmm. there. 
And the the whole town has been decimated once that power plant closed down through a loophole in their contract. And guess what town is now on the hook now that all these high paying jobs are gone for yeah. taking care of the dis- the you know the people that are left. Fuel, the dispose yeah. of fuel rods. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's why their taxes are high. And right. what did that town do? Invest in a bigger landfill to get more money. So the town is just going down. Sorry, Zion. I know, but, but it's, it's. I mean, it's, you, you it's go waste. To dest- you go to but, drastic measures to yes. try to fix things to instead m- of solving the problem before it began. But what's crazy is that it was supposed to be nuclear energy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cleaner energy, mm-hmm. and then you're taking down a whole town with you. Yeah, like it's just the most ironic thing. Right. We grew up seeing kind of that beginning and that end process literally on one side of the town and the other side of the town. I'm just now realizing yes. this. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the irony yeah. has always been there for yeah. me. In fact, that we have to make money somewhere in order to have the community survive and, and businesses stay there. But the presence point? of the nuclear power plant prevented that community from really enjoying its lakefront as well as yep. the other we gave up our lakefront property because it had to be right on the water. There was a train coming you know, yep. constantly to and from this, this and place. I think it's been closer to 25 years. Yeah. Pretty much since I, so we've, we've been, yeah. we, I say we, as if we still live there, but, um, our hometown like pays for literally pays disposed fuel rods mm-hmm. every year. And we, again, we, and not the energy company. No, Zion has, has one of the like most needy communities and yet they pay the highest property taxes in I think the whole of, state because of certainly in Lake County and one yeah. one of the highest in the whole country I believe it's, at this point it's outrageous and so this energy company literally just like passed that cost it just along d- to the consumer decimated a town slowly over time what responsibility on a major level is being put back into them it's whoever has enough money first yep. and who tends to have enough money and I'm going to segue that because Alyssa and Elise gave me permission to, to talk about cosmetics. Because <laughs> that's another sort of thing that you don't think about consuming other than when you're done with that shampoo bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what about your mascara tubes or your lipstick twist up tubes or your eyeshadow pans that are epoxied into a plastic disc with another type of plastic that encodes it or it's in a cardboard package and has um, a magnet in it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and that's how do you recycle that? That's why I found it like, I don't know, you're kind of the one that brought that to my attention of like, yeah, maybe the bottle says put it in the recycling bin, but not every part of that bottle is being recycled. No, there's a cap. There's an internal piece. There's a label. There's the physical bottle where the material is held. And I was listening to this podcast with one of the like head PR people from TerraCycle and how like their goal is to have all of these relationships with a wide variety of mm-hmm. companies give us your products back because we will yes you have to like kind of pay us to recycle them a little bit however we give you the free box you put everything in there and you know that once that product leaves your home mm-hmm. it is actually being recycled in 100%, every component every piece mm-hmm. yep. and i started looking at my makeup very differently buying less of it thank you again covid because i haven't been wearing as much of it right use what you have always use what you have yes but like covid also reminded me like i really don't need this highlighter yeah consumer culture for an everyday thing like it's (laughs) it's just interesting that tie between like our habits and and these these things we think we can't overcome necessarily but yeah just what is what is physically in this product? Yeah. How is it going to be? And shout out to TerraCycle for that is literally the only company mm-hmm. I can find that will recycle 
cosmetic components, so that's packaging, mm-hmm. f- in in totality or right. as close to totality. And I think of, you know, like we, we love ordinary skincare, but just to talk about that, it, when it comes into a little dropper bottle, it's, it's glass and then it has a plastic cap and then it has a glass, um, actual dropper component and then it has a rubber sort of like nipple on the top. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a it. whole bunch of different type of recycling and you have to take those things apart and right. the consumer's not doing that. And if you, if you take the lid off the bottle and throw it in the recycling bin, Chances are the bottle will be recycled, which is wonderful, but what's going to happen to the dropper, mm-hmm. you know, or you think about the listic tube and how many different types of adhesives and stuff. And so they're the only ones that are really recycling everything. And then the whole other thing, because TerraCycle does such a good job, again, not sponsored, but we like you a whole lot. Um, we talk about Waleda, like in our other, um, in our skincare episode about how they partnered with TerraCycle mm-hmm. to recycle their products and they make sure that... Um, their packaging is made of recycled material. So there are companies that are taking this initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to say, because I, I base a lot of my work on this, is is the particular issue of nail polish. Um, and nail polish comes in so many different formulations now, so I can't say with all our authority that, you know, every formula is toxic or non-toxic, whatever. All I know is that nail polish bottles, if they're seen by a recycling plant, will not be recycled. Mm-hmm. will not be nine times out of 10 mm-hmm. because you don't know what the formulas are. And do you think that recycling plant's going to look and research right. each formula for one single bottle? No, I don't care if it's 10 free. It's a nail polish bottle. And who knows if, if that 10 free really, you know, stops from harming the environment. Mm-hmm. That might be just a marketing ploy. The fume might not be, but the bottle and the ingredients certainly are. Exactly. And the pigments right. are a waste because yeah. that's tainting the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think about curbside recycling programs, you know, even if you've washed things out with acetone, you have a glass bottle and you have a plastic cap and you have a plastic insert into the cap. And then you have the brush, which might be made of three different types of plastic and have a metal little like staple in it to keep sure, make sure it's all put together. Um, And then you have the actual contents itself. Okay. Well you can pour out the nail polish, but nail polish is a household hazardous waste. It's on par with like battery acid and latex paint that you coat your walls with and and motor oil. Like it's in the same class. And I, I, Mm -hmm. it's not the consumer's fault. Like it's really not. No, I, I we've been I given no agree. option. And right. what what nail polish company do you know that's like recycle this back to me? Literally none. Send this to me because we can't send it in the mail because mm-hmm. it's a household hazardous waste and it's flammable. Right. <laughs> like, and TerraCycle. That's one thing they cannot recycle. Yeah. Yeah, nail polish. That was a big one for me because that's that's again pre COVID something that I would like just go into the store, browse, buy whatever color. Oh yeah, you know, got I my love eye. nail polish, man. And there you go. That's I felt like. I did something fun for myself for a week and then I would have like masses of have I ever finished a nail polish bottle no I have not and then like recently after our conversation with you I'm like I'm not doing that anymore yeah it's hard yeah it's really hard and you think about how many bottles you have in the back of your cabinet because you don't know what to do with it yeah rightly so no one does and there are some, you know, individual recycling plants that you can contact can call but then it, there's that luxury of of time mm-hmm. And when you think about who has the luxury of time, who's buying cheap nail polish bottles, like 
who who has who has, can afford the time to contact someone to explain what's in a formula to explain what's in a bottle you were even just talking about oh yes this is recyclable but you have to take it all apart mm-hmm. then put it in different areas like even that i'm thinking like i'm going to tell you when my mascara runs out it's 6 30 in the morning i'm not thinking about pulling it right. apart mm-hmm. i'm right. painting my nails it's probably 10 30 at night and i want to do something for me i'm not thinking about the bottle or like you were saying at least with the shopping mm-hmm. so it's consumers i don't know we get the short end of the stick don't we but it's we our get responsibility convinced we need to have it and that becomes our responsibility yeah. to take care of it and then we get sold the new product that's better but still mm-hmm. there's some waste involved but there will be waste yeah you know so like that's become a big part of my artistry is that i use old expired cosmetics and primarily nail polish to make works of art because what else are we going to do with it and it's a commentary, obviously, on on corporations, and it sucks because I am such a beauty industry lover, and I feel like that's why I have a platform to criticize it because we can be doing better, and I bet you in the next year or two, you're going to be seeing green this, sustainable that. Mm-hmm. Like, just watch your labels and see and hold the actual manufacturer and their parent companies and the, these conglomerates responsible as best as you can. And in the meantime, if you don't have the time for that, which is completely understandable. Just see what you can do locally. See if you can get a TerraCycle box. Like we have one TerraCycle box. I'm literally collecting all my friends' cosmetics because they're pretty expensive. Yeah. But if one person does that in your group of friends, that's that. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they also have a deal with Swiffer. I'm going to be sending in my Swiffer pads, you okay. know, wet and dry pads. You know, that's made of plastic in order yeah. to like stick to dust and, you know, but... You know, if I if I had all these cosmetics that we can't use on our faces because they're not bio safe, well, maybe we can make them into art and make them something pretty instead of using new paint tubes or something. Yeah. I mean, I could have a whole podcast of how to recycle certain components and how to not be able to recycle anything you own. I mean, because it's fascinating. Yeah. And you think, okay, well, we can just burn the rest. Okay, well that exhaust is going into the environment elise i know i'm so sorry (laughs) well even these candles we burn like like what you know the air quality that we're like yeah lower quality candles yeah yeah it's just you're burning plastic in a lot of candles i'm sure Mm -hmm. plastic coated wicks and all that soy yeah yeah or coconut wax or whatever it is um on that note, yeah. but, what are we smelling today, but, guys? But, but I did want to say, you know, like if you're interested in seeing what nail polish on canvas looks like, this is self promo because I've been given, you know, you know, approval to do this from Elise and Alyssa, which I felt weird about. But um, all my work is on my Instagram, which is Madeline.Austin, M A D E L Y N N dot Austin. Um, and then my website is madelineaustin.com. But we're also going to have a charlatans page on there now too. So it's like, it's double. So we don't have a charlatans website yet, but we are going to be able to have that page on my website. So in case you needed to find any updates, we will be able to post it there in the meantime, because we're a baby podcast. We're this, a baby. This is a passion product. And, and it just, it's been something that has been informing a lot of my daily life is, is, one, what can make good content for this podcast, but also self-identifying what I'm unsure about mm-hmm. and what I don't feel good about because well, that's just content for us. Even like talking about this episode, like we all do our respective like 
brainstorming about what we're going to talk about before we record. But now I'm like, oh, I want to go like find some recycling specific podcasts and listen to them because there's so right. like there's so much we didn't there's you know, so much talk to learn. about. And yeah, we're not experts on everything. 100 percent. We're just charlatans. We're just like, look, we we realize this is an issue. And like, again, I, I like where we took it with it like it both starts in the home, but it also we have to have like an an international national like mentality with this kind of thing too. Yeah. So yeah. Madeline. Yeah. What are we smelling today? Oh, we have something fun because, um, we, <laughs> we, as in my college roommates, we do roommate Christmas still. That's so sweet. From undergrad. And I love them so very much. And my, OG roommate who I had as my roommate in what's called preview, literally my roommate from preview where you're not assigned to a room yet. You come to the undergrad school for a summer and see the campus for the first time. It's orientation. And then you have your first year dorm mate sort of thing. So Chloe was my preview roommate. Oh, wow. And we stayed friends. And then she was my sophomore through senior year roommate. Um, so she had my Christmas present, so shout out to you. And she, with intention of this podcast, made sure to put a little candle in my present. So it's this beautiful um, glass jar with an um, monogram M on it, which I will reuse as a plant pot. Talk about reusing. But the scent is called Sweet Escape. Mm. Sweet Escaped. It, it is very I think pleasant. It's, I think it's from Target. Yeah. Alyssa, what were we smelling in it? Because it doesn't have a description. We definitely thought lemongrass. Lemongrass. And I thought maybe a hint of basil. Mm. But it does have a very, we said it was almost kind of like an herbal cocktail. Yeah, it's like a, like a, a little bit of white floral. Too. I was going to say yeah. freesia or something like that. Or gardenia. That, like, no, it's not oh, gardenia. That would okay. Be stronger. Okay. No, definitely not gardenia. Fine. My candle. Freesia is like lighter and a touch sweeter. It is. We obviously don't know, but it is, but it's it called is fragrant. Sweet Escape. Mm hmm. By, by Target, I believe. So thank you, Chloe, so much for thinking of us in our little candle moment. Appreciate you. So we'd love to hear what you guys do in your daily life. Are you conscious of this? What are some some of the, the, the things you do every day to make sure you're being a conscious earth citizen? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A conscious, a earth, conscious citizen. earth citizen. I just want a t-shirt that has like that on the pocket. That's going to be our conscious title. Conscious earth citizen. Yes. <laughs> conscious earth citizenry. All right, guys, let us know. We are always on Instagram at Charlatans Pod. You can find us on Facebook. Just search the Charlatans Podcast or send us a good old-fashioned email, charlatanspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.